0: Transfer news.
1: (claps) Unlikely.
0: Hey, that's not what I wrote.
1: I don't really care. We're going with it now.
0: All right. Soccer New Bracket America. America. (laughs) (laughs) Soccer New Bracket America. (laughs) Feature a person. Talking about soccer lots. Hello and welcome to episode 109 of Soccer Doob Rock in America featuring you know who and who are you? Noob. That's right. I'm new to following soccer. So are you. But more importantly, you are comparatively new to being alive as a human being, having a soul and all that. So person noob is who you are. And what we are going to do on this show, on top of having some uh, weird fun, clearly, is give you many, ma- many previews for matches from all over the world, at least 10 of them. A little hint there as to what is uh, coming. And these are not just the most important matches from the biggest leagues and tournaments all over the world. Some of them are, but we are not afraid to go to any country, any league, any confederation. We want to learn the whole darn world of soccer all at once if we're going to do it. And we invite you along for our fun and learning journey. But before we do all that, get into our matches that are going to go between... Oh, what are the dates even this week? Can it already be past October? So far past October from uh, the 11th through the 17th. Our, our week runs Friday through Thursday. First, I'd like to chat with my co-host, Person Noob, a little bit. Person Noob, K pasa?
1: Hi. What is up? I don't know.
0: <laughs> and and here you said you had stuff that you wanted to talk about. What is going on? in the? Everybody enjoys the soccer, because you do the heavy lifting. You're the real start. People want to know, what you're thinking about, and what is going on in the life of Person Noob, the world's favorite noob, I would dare say.
1: Well, I'm here to talk about the second favorite noob, which is the kitty noob number uno.
0: Oh yes, the uh, you think the, I don't know if he's the. We've got two cats that are brothers. Huh. You're holding one of them, the larger one of them. I don't know if he's older, but he is the bigger one. The other one is the runt of the litter. They don't really look that much alike, do they, the two cats?
1: We actually found um, a stray cat who looked like he could be this cat's father, brother, mother, whatever. Um, and, and we found a baby kitten uh, a while back that that could look like this guy's child. And then, and then our other cat doesn't look anything like this cat.
0: Oh, the irony. <laughs> Oof. So what do you want to tell people about this cat?
1: Well, just to just to let you guys know him because he hasn't been on the show that much. This is a two-year-old diddle baby, and he's very cute, and he's very playful, and he always has energy, and he loves everyone.
0: Yeah, he's kind of more like a dog in some ways, isn't he? Yeah. The way he jumps around and chases things. And, and he he's... likes
1: to eat cardboard.
0: <laughs> I don't know if that is dog-like or at least not specifically dog-like. That is animal-like in general. He does have an affinity for cardboard. Do you want to tell people his name? They can't know your real name just for privacy protection, but I think it would be okay for the cat.
1: This is Daniel the cat.
0: Yeah, and what's your other kitty's name? Smokey. And do you feed them every day? Yeah. Sometimes.
1: No. I <laughs> This cat has too many middle names to exist.
0: Really? What are some of his middle names?
1: I can tell you all of them right now. Okay. Okay, Hot Dog, Timothy, Skittle, and Plunger.
0: I knew about two of those. I didn't know about Plunger.
1: Hot Dog and Timothy.
0: And I didn't know about Timothy.
1: No, no, no. no I'm no. afraid
0: to ask why you've nicknamed him hot Plunger.
1: Dog. Hot Dog and Timothy were his original ones. Hot Dog, because he's long, like a little hot dog. Timothy, because why not? skittle because i've always wanted a skittle uh, his name is skittle because it can be and plunger because he's kissed the plunger (laughs) i went to the toilet and 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 the cat barged in and i'm like bro he went to the shower and and he just started the plunger he just started licking the plunger and i'm like.
0: Wow, uh, that's really gross, and I'm never going to have this cat's face next to my cat anymore. Let this be a lesson, everybody. Please water your cats apparently a little bit more often than person <laughs> noob. But that's all right. You're, keep you're,
1: away from plungers. Yeah, keep,
0: <laughs> away, keep away. Fr- keep away from. Keep away from you is more like it. Is you know, your responsibility keep cats to,
1: away from plungers. You're
0: supposed to be feeding and watering the cats enough so that they don't want to do that. Yeah. That's all right. We got anything else we need to talk about or is it time to get into the soccer?
1: I'm going to tell you more about my kitten.
0: Okay. What else you got?
1: My kitten likes my little plastic spider. He's green and blue. He's glowing in the dark and he likes my spider. Okay. And he likes being on chairs and he loves attention and he loves to be petted.
0: He loves, he loves to sit to on stomach. the two little boxes on the table that are stacked one on top of the other when you and I play cards. So yeah. we call it, what do we call him then?
1: We call him.
0: Casino cat. Casino cat is right.
1: He's the owner of the Epic Casino.
0: <laughs> is that a fact? He
1: got a job.
0: <laughs> Way to go, money. kitty. Way to go, he kitty cat. Can I have a loan? <laughs>
1: yeah, here's ten billion dollars.
0: Yeah, that looks like a paw with nothing in it. <laughs> no, which is about as much as I could get the credit for. <laughs> no. All right. Well, I am so glad that you got to introduce us to one of the two kitties. Maybe we will introduce them to the other Shire kitty. A a different week So shall we jump into the soccer Give the people what they came for Well they came for is you but we'll give them some soccer anyway Oh yeah Alright let's get that started with Match number one Hey person noob So Friday matches Do we have lots and lots of them Because it was an awesome looking soccer day Or were none of the matches Oh let's say quite good enough to make our cut for the show None of them were good No. Did they fill you with uh, condescension or sadness or anything like that? Uh Yeah. None of them were quite uh, sparkly enough and we're little squirrels when it comes to soccer. So this all said, that means that we are starting our journey on Saturday. Match number one comes to us from the second division of Mexico, the Liga de Expansión Apertura. That's the opening stage. They are having their playoff championship final. And it is the second match of the two-legged home-and-away tie. So Atlante hosted the first one uh, to the tune of a nil-nil draw. Now Solaya get to see if they can close at home as the top seed. They finished the regular season number one, whereas Atlante finished in second place. Now, here's how the regular season works down there. There's 18 teams. The top 12 all made the playoffs. The top four got bys straight to the quarterfinals. And by the way, when they played earlier this season at Celaya, Celaya won 2-1, to one, and the hosts have had the slight better of it in recent years in their series, accruing a 4-8-3 and three record. Celaya, as is our tradition, we'll talk about them first, they are known as the Toros. Do you remember what that means in Spanish person, noob? Nope. The Bulls. And that's no bull. Nope. Well, it is a bull. Well, it's bulls. I think I'm confusing myself and the issue. What do you think?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, probably. Well, uh, the city of Salaya, by the way, uh, has about 400,000 people in the greater metro area. It's in the central part of the country. And uh, one thing that I noticed that it is known for making, do you remember what delicious substance comes from there?
1: Food. Candy.
0: Yeah, what kind of candy do you remember?
1: Jam and milk.
0: Yeah, milk jam. It's a caramelized milk Candy it's mostly you don't eat it by Itself typically it's mostly used to fill Other things uh, that are sweet and It is already sweet in and of itself And while uh, I'm Not as much a caramel person I think caramelized Milk sounds a little bit better and I know Your mommy would love it wouldn't she Yeah. Now the Bulls They uh, the only trophies that they've won Were down in division three They have won that particular league twice Most recently in the 2009-2010 Season the last fully completed stage, the 2021 22 Clausura or closing stage, they finished the regular season in third place and got all the way to the semifinals. This year in the Apertura, they won the regular season by four over Atlante. They did it, uh, well, the offense wasn't bad. They were getting one and two thirds goals per game. It's not a super high scoring league, but they were tied for number one on defense, giving up well under one goal per match was all. And that was good for the second uh, best overall. Goal differential tied for second best in league scoring. What goals they were getting were largely from the feet of Ricardo Marine. He had nine of those. He plays forward with them, uh, came up with club de America and then played a little with them and a couple of other Liga MX clubs before he spent the heart of his career here. If add up the two different times that he's been here teams current form. Well, prior to the final, they were three one and O with a five and one goal differential. So, looked like they were peaking at the right time, but they couldn't do any scoring on the road. And now, Atlante, they play out of Mexico City and are known as the Iron Colts, which is very much a revolver gun reference. Uh, They've won three Liga MX titles. The most recent one was in 2007, though. It's been a little bit. Uh, 2021-22 season, Apertura Stage, uh, they did win the title. 2021-22, Clausura though, They finished in seventh place, was all, although they did make it all the way to the semifinal in the playoffs. And this is a team because they used to play in Liga MX that they've actually made three CONCACAF Champions League appearances. And they were even the runners up in 2008, 2009, best they ever did there. Uh, This year, they're a little bit the opposite of their opponents today. Uh, They had a pretty good defense top three. They only gave up a a little bit more goal-wise than Celaya, but they had the number one offense in the league. In fact, they were the only one averaging over two goals per match. Will they be able to control and push the pace on the road? It'll be interesting to find out. They were your team with the number one goal differential in the regular season, by the way, on the scoring leaderboard for them with six on the year. We had a couple of guys. Juan Portales and Daniel Lahoud, And then uh, also Brian Mendoza. He was doing really well for them early in the season, but he moved on to a different club in the division, Atletico Morelia, back in August. Team's current form, but before the final, they were on a 4-1-0 streak, getting the wins their way with lots of offense. They had a 10-4 goal differential over that stretch. Uh, according to the odds makers line that I happen to find on this, and I'm still learning a little bit about how they work, Celia uh, are negative uh, 108 to win, and that means win within 90 minutes, not go to extra time or go to penalties. And Atlante, being on the road, are just a little bit further down on the odds, negative 122. So this is going to be a thrilling matchup. Match number B. Person who pray tell, what do you mean by this number B business? That's not a number. This is a countdown.
1: Number um, two is bathroom talk. It means taking a sharp.
0: Oh, yes. And we certainly want, don't want to be uncouth by saying things like number you know what or maybe the word sharp. Can we say sharp? No. I guess no. Sorry about that, Apple. But what's done is done. In any case... Let's try to use more polite and couth talk when we're in public society. You might replace that phrase in your lives with number B and in fact, listen to it in action right now. Match number B comes to us from the top flight in Peru, where it's called Liga 1. They're having their season finale, end of the year, second leg of the two-legged tie. By the way, uh, Peru's top flight is only ranked number 10, last place out of the 10 country associations in CONMEBOL or South America of the countries that participate in that. I always thought that Venezuela was probably the lowest one because baseball is the natural sport. Uh, National sport but according to kick algorithms a site that I really trust their methodology. They're actually rating Purdue number Peru number 10 right now Your matchup is going to be Alianza Lima versus FBC Melgar. Now, there's no international tournament berth here at stake. The Copa Libertadores, or the South American Champions League, both of these teams have already qualified for the group stage, but they're still competing for that nice, big, shiny trophy. Melgar won the first leg of the two-legged tie, 1-0. I believe it was Alianza that won 2-0 when they played in the regular season. As far as the series between these two, Alianza have had the better of it. They've got a 13-8-10 record against Melgar in recent seasons. Uh, here's how the format for these end-of-the-year playoff works. Playoffs work. Uh, they, too, did an Apertura and a Clausura stage all year long. The two stage champions made the playoffs, and the team that did best in the overall aggregate table that didn't win a title. And, in fact, there was a team, Sporting Cristal, that had the overall best Record on the whole year But they didn't win either stage So Melgar and Sporting Cristal Played in a semi-final While Alianza Lima got a tie Melgar had to play in that semi-final Because they didn't score as many points In the stage that they won As Alianza Lima did And if your satellite package runs steep enough You can catch this at 8 o'clock Eastern Time U.S. on GOAL That's G-O-L-T-V We'll talk about Alianza Lima first They are known as Something might be lost in the translations here. The intimates. I kind of like saying it that way, the intimates, because person who blessed the room recently, so I can sound, well, I was going to say sound sultry, but I'm probably not pulling it off. It probably means family or something like that. I have a feeling there's something lost in the translation here. But they do play in the district of Lima, the capital city, called La Victoria. Victoria's Secret? Intimates? Nah, probably not. It's in the west central part of the Lima metro area, a little bit under 200,000 people. Big time team, 24 league titles historically, and they are your defending champions. In fact, they made the uh, Copa Libertadores semifinals twice, although back in the 1970s. This year, they did, get, they did get in from last year, and then they played, but finished in last place in the group stage. This year, they finished fourth in the Apertura, but number one in the Clausura, and they won that by just one point over. Sporting Cristal that I mentioned earlier. Very well-balanced and excellent team. Top three offense, that's fine, but they had tied for the number one defense, giving up only just a little bit more than a goal on average every other match. Uh, Second-best scorer on the entire year with 18 playing for them is Hernan Barcos, Argentinian forward, veteran, 38 years old, long in the soccer tooth. He came up with Argentina as one of their big clubs, a racing club. And as far as any European action, well, he did play for Red Star as well as Sporting CP, I believe, in Serbia and Portugal, respectively. And he played a little bit for uh, his home country national team in 2012. This team's current form, well, before the first leg of this two-legged tie, they had won five straight and not conceded a single goal in the last four of those wins, peaking at the right time. Melgar, they are known as the uh, Lion of the South. Longer time listeners, I know, I hate to keep harping on it, but come on, clubs, let's be original. Why does everybody have to be the Lions? Anyway, they play out of the city of uh, Arequipa, Which is the seat of the constitutional Court, so kind of one of the de facto Capitals in the country. It's the Second biggest city in the country, a little bit over A million people. It's got a very Diverse economy and high standard of living Even compared to Lima, quite frankly They've won a couple of different league Titles, most recent one, 2015 In the Copa Sudamericana Which is their equivalent Of the Europa League, secondary International tournament. Uh, They made The semifinal this year, and that's Far in the way they've best ever done in any international tournament. Uh, this year, they slipped a little bit into Clausura, finishing in fifth place, but they won the Apertura by just a point over a team called Sport Juan Caio. Uh Their statistics, not quite as impressive. They had a top three offense, top four defense. It's not all that high scoring of a league, and they were giving up one goal per match. Still pretty good. But only good for the fourth best overall goal differential. Even if this were being played at a neutral site, they would be your underdogs. But who would disagree with me? Well, perhaps he who scored 14 goals on the year, top seven scorer Bernardo Cuesta, another Argentinian forward, 33 years old. And uh, we get to play a game here of whatever happened to. <laughs> He played for Puebla in 2020, yeah, from Liga MX. So if you follow that league, yeah, this is the same guy. Team's current form, they've won three straight matches with a 5-0 goal differential, and they beat Sporting Cristal to advance here to the final 4-0 on aggregate from that semifinal. Uh, As far as the odds, a little bit different format, but basically as far as winning uh, in 90 uh, Alianza Lima are uh, two to one favorites, and then uh, to do that, and then Melgar are only about three and a third to one to win in ninety minutes. So, advantage Alianza Lima. Match number three. Let's take our first hop across the pond to the Premier League of. Belarus. Yeah, it's only ranked number 40 amongst all leagues in Europe. As such, they only get the minimum when it comes to international tournament berths. Their second and third place teams will have to go to the Europa Conference League and start all the way back in the first qualifying round. Same entry point for their champion, who will, of course, go to the Champions League. And who that will be is very much up for grabs because this is the last match of the season. Things are tight between the top two. The top two are not playing each other, but the better looking match that should be more competitive that involves one of those two teams is number B, Energetique BGU, and they are taking on number four, Dinamo Minsk. Now, because of goal differential, Energetik basically must win their game and Shakhtar Sologarsk have to lose in order for them to switch positions. Nothing else will do unless Energetik can win by, you know, a bazillion goals. They're separated by a lot on goal differential. Just to let you know, Shakhtar Soligorsk, yes, they do have an easier match. This is their uh, day to win the league, basically, but who knows? They are going on the road, in, albeit to a lesser team, number 11, Slutsk. And by the way, BATE Borisov, they lead Dinamo Minsk by five on goal differential. So, who's going to get that last uh, Europa Conference League berth is also up for grabs. When these two played earlier in this season, uh, Energetique won on the road, four to one a series between these two last couple of seasons, though. It is Dinamo Minsk that have had the better of it with a four, two, and one record. And that's all we're going to give you on this particular one, because this is the time of show where we feel a little greedy. And we decide we're going to try to make a little coin gambling. But why gamble when you could know exactly what's going to happen when we talk to 3,500-year-old diviner Noobstradamus, our in-house prognosticator, who joins us once again with some sort of uh, smoked-up uh, vision. <laughs> it's always very strange with him and he's clearly affected by the substances that he imbibes. He'll give us a vision and let's find out what's going to happen in this match. Take it away please mighty soothsayer
2: Greetings from the Thracian plains of Greece Tis I You press me hard to ask for a soccer result divination from Belarus. I've been and I'm not going back in person Rather I take my comfort in the smoking of lotus leaf, and once again I travel through space and time. I wake in my own past, having a fine time walking the Bielowieza Louisa forest near the Polish border. Such a place, so grand it has both broadleaf trees and conifers of such variety. No wonder this place is called the Lungs of Europe. Communing with nature, meditating. It would be a favorite memory, if not for what followed. I'm lured out of the forest edge and into marshland by the beautiful calls of birds I've never heard nor seen. In a truly rare occasion... I'm being tricked. The calls are being made by tiny little water demon imps, Lozniks. I'd known of them, yet foolishly not considered the danger of Fen here. The Lozniks are not evil, but mischievous to a fault, which leads to death and might well lead to mine. Soon, I find myself trapped in bush vines around the stagnant water, pulling me down. I know of these creatures. They likely intend to pull me out after their fun. But before they do, I sense and see a much greater water demon. Beautiful, the soul of a drowned, baptized, Christian girl. She will not let me go. Suddenly, a long whip is cracking overhead, startling the imps away. Blessedly, this gives me time to escape the vines and water. The hour has gotten dangerously late, and I fear the imp's return. But I know from lore who has rescued me. A lazonic A good marsh gnome. More, I know, I can follow his kind's only shining eye as a giant beacon to follow to safety. The vision fades. Noob, I nearly lost my life, but regained it thanks to the one-eyed lazonic. I now know the match will end in a one-to-one draw. I have seen, and I have spoken. Match
0: number number four. We stay in Europe for our fourth and final main match in Europe, and... It's the higher league of Latvia that we're visiting this time. The league is just a little bit higher than the one in Belarus. When it comes to the coefficient rankings, they're ranked to number 35. So they also only get the minimum when it comes to international berths. There too, it is their last match of the season. And your matchup is number B Riga FC. And they're taking on number three RFS. Now, uh, Riga, they trail number one, Valmiera, by just one point. But they're way apart on goal differential, so it's just the same as with the last match in Belarus. Riga have got to win this match, and they need Valmiera to lose. That is the only way that they're going to overtake them for number one here on the last weekend. Uh, Valmiera, they don't have the easiest match in the world. They're taking on a bit of a tougher team than Shakhtar Sologarsk over in Belarus. They are traveling to uh, number four, FK Leapaya. Now, they play a quadruple round robin in this league because it's a pretty small league. Uh, Riga won their match at home 2-0, and then the two times they have played at RFS, RFS won 2-1, but then only managed a draw on their other one, a 1-1 tie. Riga FC, the team that could, in fact, win the league still over Valmiera. We won't be rooting for them because they have, yeah, you guessed it, a lion on the crest, rawr! Boo. Founded in 2014, this is actually a, a much older club. For uh, all realistic intents and purposes, it's a merger of two much older clubs, Dinamo Riga and FC Karamba. I Karamba, got together. Doesn't sound that and to be perfectly honest. Uh, when they merged, they were still not a Division One team, but they did get promoted after 2015. Since then, they have won the top flight. Three different times, from 2018 through 20. So they've been going to the Champions League, but they have yet to win a match there. Last year, they finished in just fourth place. This year, this is a high-scoring league. They average almost two per game, but that's only good for fourth best in this league. But they had the number one defense, only giving up two-thirds of a goal on average. Overall, third-best goal differential, not overwhelming for the very top of the table. Starring for them on the scoring leaderboard with 10 goals on the season, Brazilian winger Gabriel Ramos. Team's current form, they've won four straight matches, nor have they conceded a goal in any of them. That's going to be a tough road to hoe for RFS on the road. By the way, that stands for RIGAS uh, Scola. So this is basically like uh, Academy RIGAS, but it's not a youth team per se. That's just something that they call it. Team was founded way back in 1962 they made the top flight in 2016 and only after a different club that was either in there or supposed to get promoted uh, couldn't get a license so they kind of pulled a, a goose and maverick and uh, slid into their spot so to speak they have won the one league uh, they have won one league title and it was last season yeah they're your defending champions New rising power They went out of the Champions League this year In the very uh, first qualifying round Uh, They advanced to and finished last In the Europa Conference League group stage But at least they got that far this year the regular season, statistically very well balanced. Uh, second best offense at two and a third goals per match and a top three defense where they weren't even conceding one per game. Good for the second best overall goal differential. They've got the second best leading scorer on their side. This is the man who uh, Riga FC will be trying to shut down. His name is Andrea Illich. She's a Serbian center forward and, uh, He's never played for their senior national team, but he did make six appearances for the Serbian youth NT, the under-21 level, all last year. He's a pretty young guy. Team's current form, slipping a little bit of late, 0-2-1 in their last three, although admittedly their loss was to a a pretty good Italian side, Fiorentina, in the Europa Conference League. As far as the odds on this game, basically RFS from what I have found, they are a 3-2 to favorite to win this on the road, much to my surprise. Match number five. Sunday, we start off by bringing it back home to the U.S. Uh, Major League Soccer has already have their final, as has the NWSL, and a couple of the third-tier leagues. But the only one that still has some stuff left to play... The USL Championship, it is their final. San Antonio taking on and playing host to Louisville. And this was the matchup everybody really wanted. Your defending champions, your Western Conference champions versus the best from the regular season in the East. Worthily, you can find this on ESPN2, 8 o'clock Eastern time. San Antonio, a club that was founded in 2016, I don't know how hard ownership is still pushing for this, but local officials actually got their license and bought their current home field, Toyota Field, that has a capacity of 8,200 with the idea of joining Major League Soccer. My guess is they simply haven't been awarded an expansion bid, at least not yet. And interestingly, they did spend one year, 2017, as an affiliate of NYCFC in Major League Soccer. They advanced to this final over number three from the West, Colorado Springs, switchbacks 2-0. Last year, they finished in second place in the Mountain Division. They don't have it divided into divisions anymore, just the two conferences. And last year, they made the conference finals in the playoffs. They won the West Pass this year by just a little bit. 17 points over San Diego Loyal. I don't want to say the rest of the conference was weak, but San Antonio clearly far and away the class of it. Uh, the offense was pretty good, one and a half goals per match, top four. But their defense, no other team in their conference was close. They were only giving up a uh, goal average of three quarters of a goal every game. And because of that, they had the best goal differential, but better than a factor of two. Best player they probably got going and on the assist leaderboard in the league with eight on the season, Justin Dillon forward. He came up with Los Angeles Galaxy 2019-20. He made a few appearances with Seattle Sounders. And by the way, because the defense is so good, we would be remiss if we did not mention their goalkeeper who had 15 clean sheets in the regular season. Number one in that regard, Jordan Farr. And now coming to crash their party down by the Riverwalk, Louisville City, founded in 2014. They've won a couple of league titles already, 2017 and 18, I believe. Still the only team to have ever gone back-to-back. They won the Eastern Conference by four points over Memphis 901. Number three offense, just under two in the East, but they had the best defense going. So you're probably going to want to like defense if you're going to get a lot out of watching this particular game. I think that uh, they're both going to be having play, uh, playing at this pace. Don't be surprised to see something like a nil-nil draw and it go to added extra time. Uh, by the way, Louisville uh, did not have the number one goal differential in the East. Tampa Bay Rowdies actually had that. Just a fun little side note. On this team, we've got top 10 scorer, Wilson Harris, who got found the back of the net 15 times. He's just 22 years old. He came up with and made a few appearances for the senior team in Kansas City in Major League Soccer. One wonders when he might get yet another shot with them or a different MLS side. On the assist leaderboard in the league with eight, Amadou Dia. USA left back, who's actually French born. He's never played for the USMNT at the senior level, but he did rep some at the youth level. He's got some MLS experience as well. He too played for Kansas City, as well as Club de Foot Montreal, although I suspect they were the Montreal impact then. And this team has the second best goalkeeper, in my opinion, 13 clean sheets, Kyle Morton, who came up with Philadelphia. And actually, in a way, he was your number one goalkeeper. He was the uh, Golden Glove winner on the year, which meant that he gave up the fewest goals uh, per game on average for the season. This team's current form, uh, they've won five straight. Looking around for odds on this one, it was a little harder. I had to go to 538.com, and they basically list San Antonio as three to two favorites on Sunday. Kitties, you're so gosh darn demanding not being able to go outside as much anymore because of the recent cold snap. Nevertheless, I shall give you what you demand. A recap of last week's matches. Match number one last week was a Friday match. From Paraguay the FA Cup final Nacional versus Sportivo Ameliano, and all hail the interior a team from outside Asuncion won it that being Sportivo Emeliano uh, they finished their 90 minutes plus with a 1-1 draw and then had to win it 3-4 on penalty kicks despite losing a player to two straight yellows very late and added extra time in the first half or injury time I should say despite being relegated from the top flight uh, this year for the regular season performance and turned. Turns out that they will be competing in the next Copa Sudamericana. What a going away present. Match number B from the West Bank Premier League. Number one, Hilal al took on number B, Dahiria. And it was the league leaders winning 1-0. No change in the table positions there. Match number three was your Major League Soccer final. LAFC defeated Philadelphia Union. 3-3 three three in a wild one and then 3-0 on penalty kicks. For Philadelphia, a guy we said to look for as a key player, Daniel Gazdag, had a goal. For LAFC, they lost their starting goalkeeper in the 116th minute to uh, both injury and a red card. Take your pick. Uh, Philadelphia, cornerback. I think he's like 6'6". Six, six. Jack Elliott, he scored his second goal of match in the 124th minute to take the lead. And then Gareth Bale, international superstar, who's basically been on, been on contract training with LAFC and only has a couple goals on the partial season he's been there. Well, he showed what he's all about and he went leaping over six foot whatever, Jack Elliott, and netted the equalizer in the 128th minute to send it to penalty kicks. Best match ever in major league soccer match number four from the costa rican premier division uh, premier division the apertura Gran final leg two herediano defeated saprisa 1-0 which means herediano went 2-1 on aggregate saprisa they were a disadvantage they lost a man to a second straight yellow in the 38th minute match number five Uh, from the USL Championship uh, United States Second Division the Semifinals Louisville City defeated Tampa Bay 1-0 and added extra time Louisville actually lost a man to a red card in the 82nd minute and then scored in the 108th. Onward to Sunday we go match number 6 for a match from Netherlands Aero Divisie PSV went on the road the second best team and beat number 1 Ajax 1-2 for PSV their superstar Cody Gakpo had an assist PSV are now number 1 and Ajax are down to number two. Match number seven, one of the third division leagues here in the U.S. NISA, the NISA, had their final, and Michigan Stars defeated Albion San Diego 1-0. Match number eight was the USL League 1 final. That's the other Tier 3 league here in the States. South Georgia Tormenta hosted and defeated Chattanooga Wolves 2-1. Key player that we said to look for for the Tormenta, Kazea Sterling. He had the first goal in the match. Monday brought us match number nine from England's FA Cup. The first round proper where we had adopted Bracknell Town from the seventh tier of the English pyramid. One of the handful of teams from that level still alive. We will be looking for a new adoptee. They lost to tier three, League one side, Ipswich Town, 0-3 in a blowout. Tuesday, match number 10 from the Omani Professional League. Number one, Nada defeated number B, Rustak, 0-2. No change in table position there. Wednesday, we had an 11th match from the African Women's Champions League semi-final. Took a look at AS Far out of Morocco. They defeated Bielsa Queens 1-0 to make the final. And then your bonus matches with explanations that come later. Sunday's route of the week for which you voted. Number one, Valmieras in Latvia defeated last place number 10 SK Supernova 1-6. Key player we said to look for, Raymond's Kralis, had the first two goals for his side. The most meaningless match in the world was a Saturday match from Serie A. They played to an oh-so-predictable nil-nil draw, did Citadella rather, and Modena. And then the match of Disappointed was a Saturday match from the Welsh Premier League. Second to last place, number 11, Newtown, took on number 12 last place. Airbus said it was Newtown getting a 2-1-nil, and that actually moves them up to 10th place. And that concludes your recap of last week's matches. Now let's get back into previewing the upcoming week's matches with... Match number six. The weekend isn't nearly done, and we are already off to our fourth continental confederation of the podcast. We loves us some frequent flyer miles. Let's check out the Women's Champions League final in Africa where your finalists are ASFAR out of Morocco, taking on Mamelodi Sundowns from South Africa. It was the Sundowns that won last year in this event, and it was the first time it had ever been held, in fact. And this is a tremendous matchup because the event's being held in Morocco at ASFAR. They're going to be playing hosts. We'll talk about them first. They play out of, both in league and for this match, the city of Rabat, the capital. Uh, F.A.R. stands for Royal Army Club, if you keep it in their language. The club was founded in 2007. They have won every single domestic league title except for one since 2013. Last year, they were in third place and they won the bronze battle match, finished number three in the Champions League. Last year in their league, <laughs> to say they were dominant would be still understating it somehow. They scored twice as many goals as the second-best team and conceded four times Fewer. They defeated, out of Nigeria, Bayelsa Queens, one nothing in the semifinal. Player to look for. Second best event scorer with three is Ibtissim Giraldi. At least I think I'm getting there right. J-R-A-L-D-I. She plays forward for them, and she had the only goal in the semifinal. And now your favorites, even on the road, Mamelodi Sundowns. They play out of a township called Mamelodi in Pretoria, which is one of the three capital cities in the country. They've got their separation of powers, but not just on paper. They do it geographically. Uh, Pretoria hosts the executive branch of their federal government. Population of the area is about 350,000. The club's been around since 2009. Uh, the name of their women's league is called the uh, SAFA, and uh, that was founded the same year. Last year, they had twice as many goals as the second-best team and the number one defense, not by leaps and bounds, but they were giving up less than a goal every other match on average, and that is truly rare. They won the league title five times, and they are your three-time defending champions. Last year, when they played in this event, they didn't concede a single goal. So this year, they already slipped a little bit because they gave up one to Simba Queens in the group stage of this event. They got to play uh, Simba Queens again and defeated them 1-0. Number one event score is there's DeBoso, so be on the lookout for her. She's found the back of the net four times already, and that is Leilona Deweti. Good luck to both teams. Hoping I can find an internet stream for this one. Match number seven. If you've ever wondered why, it seems like some weeks we're not just picking the best matches from the biggest leagues all over in Europe. Well, you know, we'd like to, and a lot of shows do that for a good reason. But weeks like this, there are just too darn many trophy matches going on around the world. We've got another one on Sunday from El Salvador, the Primera División, where their Apertura stage is winding down and they have reached the playoff final. By the way, this is the number eight ranked league in all of CONCACAF, at least according to kick algorithms, putting it just behind Canada's Premier League. And they're going to play this match in San Salvador, neutral site. In the last match, you had a Moroccan team, ASFAR. Now you get CD, Club Deportivo, FAS. They're going to be playing host on paper anyway to, not sure if it's pronounced Jokoro or Hokoro. But in any case, that's who's playing it. As far as the series between these two, uh, Jokoro, they are very much your underdogs because FAS have accrued a 7-5-1 record against them in recent years. By the way, the FAS in this case stands for Futbolistas Asociados Santa Anacos. Santa Ana being the city that they play out of. It's the second biggest one in the country. In the Northwest population, well over 300,000. A lot of foreign company investment there, so it's a really interesting economy. And this team... God be praised, they're the tigers, not the lions We're happy to have wild animals, it just doesn't always have to be lions Way to go, FAS This is the most popular and most successful club in the country They've won 18 league titles in the past, that is the most there Last one was last year's Apertura stage They've also won what is now called the Champions League Although that was uh, back when it was a different sort of thing in 1979 They finished in second place in the regular season in their six-team group, which was Group B. There are 12 total teams in the country. Uh, They lost out on that regular season Group B title uh, to Alianza by three points. They advanced to this final from the semifinal over the Group A number one seed, Aguila. They only managed a 1-1 draw against them in regular time, had to beat them on penalty kicks. Their offense, eh, it's okay, one and a quarter goals per match, but the defense is where they shine, uh, only giving up a little bit under one goal per match. Team scoring leader, with three on the season. That tells you that goals were kind of at a premium. Uh, Marvin Marquez, homegrown product. Team's current form, 2-0-1 in their last three. And now, Chocoro. That's in the eastern part of the country, city of the same name. I say city, it's really a town, 7,000. It's in the uh, Morozan department, which is very much agriculturally based. Coffee, sugarcane, grains, and there's also a lot of cattle grazing around there. And they are known as the Stokers, or the Fogoneros, Again, a little something lost in the translation there, but uh, just think of them as the fireballs or something like that. Their crest has a giant flaming soccer ball on it, and it's not as cheesy as it sounds. It's a pretty good crest. This club is just 30 years young, and they didn't make the top flight until after the 2017 season, so another new and rising power. uh, 2020-21, they finished, uh, or rather I should say 21-22, They finished number three in the regular season overall in one of the stages they made the playoff semifinals. That's the best they've ever done. This year, they finished in second place in Group A, just eight points on goal differential behind Aguilas. They were very competitive. And getting it done on the offensive side of the ball, at least for this league, they were getting 1.6 goals per match. Defense was a little bit more average. Number one league score by almost a factor of two, he got nine of them, it was Juan uh, Argueta, 22 years old, and this was his rookie season. One wonders if he might not be able to move up to, say, Liga MX or uh, even MLS before long. Who knows? I didn't find any transfer rumors on him, though. Team's current form four one and one. Team's current status massive underdog. They are plus three forty four. Ouch to win this thing in ninety minutes. Uh, while their hosts today uh, FAS, they are at minus one twenty eight as gigantic favorites. Match number eight. More Sunday action and more trophy. This time we head a bit further south, back to South America for the Chilean FA Cup final. It's being played in the neutral site, city of Rancagua. Now for this FA Cup, Just to give you some comparison uh, to England's, which is the granddaddy of them all pretty much, and they have teams from all the way down to the 10th level. They don't go nearly that far in Chile, but they do get down into semi-pro or probably average teams. Teams from as low as at least the fourth tier, and one source that I found even said as low as the sixth tier, got to participate out of their soccer pyramid. And by the way, unlike in Europe, where the winner of the FA Cup only gets to go typically to the Europa League or maybe the Europa Conference League. In Chile, the winner gets to go to the Copa Libertadores. Ooh, la, la, a lot at stake. Your matchup, union Española taking on Magallanes. Uh, the series between these two is an incredibly brief one, the twice that they've played in recent years. Uh, union They won both matches, and we'll talk about them first. They are known as the Bakers. I didn't find an explanation for it, but one can kind of guess. They're also known as the Red Fury, and uh, I'm not 100% sure, but I think that it is a phoenix that is, uh, based on the way it's positioned in the tail, sort of looks like it's depicted fiery there on the crust. They've won eight Division one titles, by the way, in their league. 2013 was the last time, four of them this century, but then uh, before that, none of them since the 1970s. Uh, they've won this event twice, both times in the early 90s. And they finished in second place in a Copa Libertadores once, all the way back in 1975. They advanced to this final over number 13 from their league, Universidad de Chile, one to nothing on aggregate over two matches. In league play this year, they weren't all that strong. They only finished at 11th place out of the 16 teams in the Premier División. The problem was the defense. They were giving up almost one and a half per match, and this isn't that high scoring of a league. Uh, They were only getting one and a quarter goals themselves, and that was below average as well. Nevertheless, tied for second best in events scoring for them and on their own league leaderboard with five and 11 goals respectively in each of the two tournaments. Leandro Garate out of Argentina, center forward, who came up with River river Plate. There we go. But I think their best player probably uh, would be if he were playing Victor uh, Victor Mendez, central midfielder, 23 years old. But I'm going to guess this happened just before the invasion of Ukraine. He moved over to a, a team called CSKA in Moscow. Team's current form... In league play, they haven't been that strong. They've been saving everything for the cup, apparently. Just one, two, and five in the league in their last eight. And now, even if you follow South American soccer a little bit, you may not be familiar with Magallanes. Why? Why? Because they're not in the top flight At least not this year Now the name may ring a bell uh, Magallanes is an administrative region In the far south That would be the most likely way That you know the name It's a, it's a big department or state down there Very low population it ex- It's in the south And extends all the way to the areas That they claim in the Antarctic However the club is not in that area The club is in the central part of the country And it's probably simply named For the explorer Magellan To that end Backing up that claim, they are known as the uh, Caravaleros. Basically sailors, but a caravel was a uh, ship that was popular in the uh, 14 through 1600s, both from Spain and Portugal. So a very specific and very cool nickname. They actually play out of the city of San Bernardo, which is part of the greater uh, Santiago sort of uh, conurbation. Uh, San Bernardo proper really only has about a quarter million people in it. They do a lot of festivals here, though, and it's so cool. They're the folklore capital of the country. Footy-wise, they've won the league title six times uh, nationally, and four of those are here in the modern division, the uh, modern era rather, the Premier Division titles. But they haven't won anything since the 1930s. Nevertheless, this shows you how much parity there is in the country. They're still in seventh place all time in the country in terms of the number of league titles they won. Kind of interesting. They advanced to this final over number 12 uh, from the Premier Division finishers. Wachipato, 2-1 to on aggregate. Uh, They had to play all Division I teams, by the way, uh, once they got to the knockout stage in order to get to this final. So they have had uh, something of a tough road to hoe. They just won Premier B, so everybody will be a little bit more familiar with them next year because they, of course, got promoted. In their own league, they had the number one offense by lots, scoring almost two per match. Number one defense as well, well under a goal per match on average, and just a massive goal differential compared to everybody else in the league. This is a team that really belongs in the top flight, even if they're a bit of a yo-yo team. Tied for number four in their league scoring with 12 was Cesar Cortez, midfielder, veteran, 38 years old. Uh, That's somebody they're going to need to lean on here going uh, to a neutral site for this final. Teams' current form—they're unbeaten in their last 12, and that confidence could take them a long way. And to that end, uh, actually, Union Española aren't huge favorites. They're only five to four to win this match, from what I found. Match number nine. We remain in South America for more hot FA Cup final action. This time from the nation of Uruguay, where teams from all the way down to the fifth tier got to participate. The match is going to be played between two teams from Montevideo. They're going to play it at the national stadium, which is technically a neutral side for both. The winners will not get a Copa Libertadores berth. The only thing at stake here is a Copa Sudamericana berth. Your matchup, Defensor Sporting taking on La Luz. Uh, Defensor Sporting. They've got what looks like a lighthouse on the crest, which I think plays into a couple of their nicknames that I found. Streetlights, uh, the One-Eyed's ey E-D-apostrophe-S, kind of like a, uh, a lighthouse, and the Kites, interestingly. I have a feeling this all plays into uh, the club might be from a coastal area in the city. They're considered the third most successful club in the country, and yet they were just re-promoted from the second division last year. They've won four league titles, most recent one 2008, but that's the only one that they've won this century. They've made the Copa Libertadores quarterfinals four different times, but those were all the way back in their halcyon days, the 1990s. Their most recent appearance was in the 2019 third qualifying round, all the farther they made it. They advanced to this particular final over a second division side called Progreso, 4-2 to two on aggregates. In league play this year, they finished in 7th place in the top flight out of the 16 teams, so just a little bit above average. But that's good enough to have already earned them a Copa Sudamericana spot. So, number 9 from that table, Montevideo Wanderers. They're really rooting hard for this team. If they win, Montevideo will inherit their berth in the Copa Sudamericana. This team finished in fifth, sixth place, rather, in the Klausura stage of the year. Uh, the offense was pretty shaky, to be honest. They weren't getting a ton over one goal per match, but they did have a top five defense giving up less than a goal per game. Uh, on the team scoring leaderboard, Adrian Balboa was their best. He had four goals. Uh, this isn't even going to qualify as a whatever happened to. If you know this guy from the one appearance he made early in his career with Greek side, uh Congratulations, you have an eidetic memory or something Team's current form, uh, they're not exactly Red hot, 0-3-1 in their last Four And now, La Luz Their nickname is Los Marengues de Ires Piros Now, Ires Piros is A village where uh, the Bard that they were founded at uh, Is or at least was located And I believe they're called La Luz Because this was one of the few buildings in the area Back in the late 1920s That actually had electricity Again, I uh, believe I mentioned it But they play out of Montevideo uh, They advanced to the final over Division 1 side Number 6, Peñarol On penalty kicks 1-1 to They are the five-time winners Of the third division Which is an amateur league in 2003 They just finished in second place In the fase regular Or basically regular season of the second division, there were other FA Cups uh, in Europe that we decided not to look at this week just because we had to make some cuts, but the two that we've given you have featured teams from division two. La Luce is not currently a premier division team. Although having finished in second place, they will be promoted for next year. In their league, they were very well balanced. Top four offense, top two defense, defense less than a goal per match. Uh, If La Luz can hang in on this, they're probably going to be looking for a nil-nil draw and try to take it in penalty kicks. If they are going to do some scoring, uh, their team leading scorers, uh, they netted five each on the season, are Enzo Castillo and Santiago Ramirez. Team's current form, they're not exactly red hot either. They lost two straight in lead play. And
1: match number 10, we're done. Finally!
0: Finally? Oh, no, no, no. And we've even got more than just the standard three bonus match surprise for you coming up. For your match number 10, welcome to the only one outside of our bonus matches that is not a trophy match. We couldn't say no to the best looking league match in all of Western Europe. Germany's Bundesliga, it's the third-ranked league in all of UEFA currently. As such, they pretty much max out on international berths. Their top four finishers will all go to the Champions League group stage. The next team in the table will go to the Europa League group stage, and even the next team will get to go to the Europa Conference League and start in the playoff round. I don't think anybody starts in the group stage for that one. Your matchup number three in the table, Freiburg, taking on number B Union Berlin. Uh, they're tied and on points in the table, just separated by goal differential, and they trail Bayern Munich by three. The recent series between these two, Union Berlin, have managed a six-two and two record. You can catch this one on ESPN Plus at eleven thirty a.m. Eastern Time here in the U.S. The full name of the city, by the way, is Freiburg im Breisgau. That's in the southwest part of Germany, about a quarter million people. What it's most famous for is for green tourism. This is your entry point most uh, popularly for the giant black forest. Uh, The city itself is also known for being very green in general and for having a very high standard of living. Their nickname, the Bryce Gow Brazilians You will find all over Europe and other parts of the world Even as far as Eastern Asia Teams that call themselves the Brazilians in one way, shape or form That's how much that country has affected uh, the game They may not have invented it, but they have certainly perfected it This team has four titles to the credit But they're all in the second division And the most recent one was 2016 and yet they're about to play in the round of 16 in the Europa League, so they're making quite a splash the last couple of years. That's the best they've ever done, by the way, out of their handful of all-time international appearances. Uh, They got there by uh, virtue of finishing in fifth place last year in the league. This year, the defense is amazing. They only give up a little more than one goal per match. That's a top three defense, but the Offense is well below average. Germany is a high-scoring league. One-and-a-half goals is not enough to impress over there. They've got the fifth-best overall goal differential. I don't think this is a team that's ultimately going to be able to – Compete for the title, but I think they will be able to at least flirt with keeping their Champions League spot by the end of the year They've got the number one goalkeeper by quite a lot in terms of clean sheets Mark Flecken out of the Netherlands He's got eight of those shutouts so far and he made four Dutch national team appearances this year But I think their most valuable player and he's their team scoring leader is Vincenzo Grifo Italian left winger six goals two assists, and even when he's not doing that, he's contributing. He's one of their better dribblers. He's got a really high percentage on that. Guess the offense started. And he's got six uh, Italian national team caps uh, notched to his belt as well. Team's current form, well, the recent loss at number 4 Leipzig snapped a six-match unbeaten streak, Rather, so they've been quite hot. But now Union Berlin, uh, they play out of obviously the city of Berlin, but a specific township called Köpenick, about 70,000 people there. It's in the southeast part of the metro, and it's largely covered by pine forest. what's within their technical borders. They are known as the green lungs of Berlin. Now, I didn't think the conifers really added that much in terms of uh, oxygen versus carbon dioxide, but that's neither here nor there. Perhaps I am eco-science noob as well. This team is known as the Ironmen. 2019-2020 was their first ever season in Division I. So we've got a couple of teams here who are in somewhat rarefied air. Uh, way back in the uh, uh, the Cold War, era day, Cold War era days, this was a team that was on the eastern side of the wall. So uh, they've taken a while to assimilate back into uh, German football, get to the top flight. They're about to play Ajax in the knockout round playoff which basically means they've got to win that to get into the knockout round. They finished in second place in their group stage. That's in the Europa League. Last year in league play, they finished in fifth place. This year, they are shining on defense, just like their host today. Their offense, it's only number nine in the league, not, uh, not really much more than average at best, but they've got tied for the second-best defense and the fourth-best overall goal differential. I have a feeling these two might end up vying for that last Champions League playoff berth by the end of the season. Key player to look for, tied for number five in league scoring is Geraldo Becker, Dutch winger who came up with IX. He repped for a long time with the uh, Dutch youth levels for their national team, but no senior appearances for him, for them. And so he has chosen to rep for Suriname. Yeah, one of the countries down in South America that doesn't happen to be a part of CONMEBOL. They're actually part of CONCACAF. But I think that their most valuable player and best player is uh, Julian Ryerson out of Norway. He plays right back, and he knows his role. He's kind of their enforcer. He is a good tackler, fun to watch. Team's current form won one 1-1 one in their last three. That win did come at a pretty tough opponent out of Belgium in the Europa League, uh, Union St. Gioia.
1: Match 11!
0: That's right, Daughter Dearest, number 11. And don't worry, we're not going to repeat the Cavalcade episode from a couple of weeks ago. I would not put our editor-producer, the management, through that again, at least not so soon. But maybe someday, look out, the management, we're coming for you, maybe with like 100 matches. Okay, maybe not that many. But we do have an 11th one here before we get to our bonus matches. I didn't want to say no to that great German match, but it did break up the streak of trophy matches for the show. We've got one more for you being played on Monday, and that is out of Mexico. Earlier, we visited them for the second division championship. Now we go to the top flight for the ladies, Liga MX Femenil. They're having the second leg of their two-legged home and away tie for their Apertura playoff final. This league is a very young one, just started play in 2017. Their format... Well, the top eight of their 18 teams all make the playoffs and nobody gets a bye. Your finalists are U-A-N-L-T-Grace. Yes, the Not Lions. That's what I would name a club, the Not Lions, versus Club de America. Uh, Now, I'll be honest. At, uh, At the time of scouting this match, I did not know what the leg one result was because it was a Thursday match. Sorry about that. But I can tell you that the Tigres won on the road in the regular season, the one that time they played 0-1, and they uh, have had a slight advantage the last couple of seasons, accruing a 2-2-1 record against America. And we'll talk about the Tigres first, or if you prefer, they've got another nickname, the Amazons. They play out of Monterey, uh, specifically the area called Nuevo León, northeast part of the country. This is one of only four clubs to ever win a stage title, or overall league title of any kind. And they've done it four times. That's the most in the league's history. Last one they won was last year's Apertura stage. And they did a final called the Campeon de Campeones between the Apertura and Clausura champions, and they won that as well. They advanced to this final over number B from the regular season, Monterey, 4 to 3 on aggregate in the semifinal. This team finished in third place of the regular season, largely because of their outstanding offense. They were number one in that regard, getting over uh, two and a half goals per match. In fact, closer to three. And then they had a second best defense to go along with it. Number one overall goal differential. These are your favorites. Their leading scorer and number one in the league, Mia Fischel. She netted 17 of them. She's from the U.S., Sephora, just 21 years old. She played her college at UCLA and actually got drafted by Orlando, but decided she didn't want to be part of a rebuild. So she decided to go to the admittedly much weaker Mexican League instead. And I say weaker just because it's newer, they're coming on fast. and But she has repped for the U.S. at the youth level, as she did through 2020. Not sure any senior apps are in her future. I don't think she's on their radar for that. Interesting side note, though, she did have two uh, uncles who played for the Bermuda national team. One wonders if uh, if her parental or grandparent lineage is there. Uh, who knows? Maybe she could appear for them. Teams current form 5-1-0 in their last six. And now Club de America out of Mexico City, the Eagles, who advanced to this final over number one seed Guadalajara, in shootout overall, four to six on aggregate in the semifinal. They've got one league title to the credit. They won the 2018 Apatura stage. This year, they finished in fourth place in the regular season. Very well balanced. Number three defense over two goals per match and a top four, or offense rather, and then a top four defense to go with it. Good for the overall fourth best goal differential. Uh, just to tell you a little bit about this league, there was a pretty big gap between the top four and everybody else in all the statistics. So these are your four main players right now. Interesting that both of the top two seeds lost in the semifinals. Key player for this team is league number three scorer, Kiera Policia. She plays forward for them, U.S. born, but she's got 26 national team appearances for Mexico. And she also played for a pretty decent team, top flight over in Spain for a year or two, Real Sociedad. And she was an anteater, one of my favorite college mascots. She played her ball for three or four years at the University of California at Irvine. And we do have one other USA connection here. I couldn't tell you anything about her but her position, but they've got another gal, Myra Paléo bernal who's from the U.S. This team's current form, they are unbeaten in their last nine, although they just did have a five-match win streak snapped with a 3-3 draw in the regular season at number one, Guadalajara Chivas. Bring forth the bonus matches! Soccer Noob USA is my handle on Twitter. Usually on Monday or Tuesday of every week is when I put up the polls with the candidate matches for three three very unique bonus matches. You vote, dreamy content gets made. It's quite a process. The one you voted for first is our first versus last place matchup that we dramatically call the route route route
1: route of 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 the week week. Weak.
0: Weak. And it is a Sunday match. We head back to Europe, to the Czech Republic. The top flight there is called the First League. This is the 14th-ranked league in UEFA. Uh, they get a Champions League berth, and that team gets to start at the second qualifying round. Same thing for their two Europa Conference League berths. On the other end of the spectrum, which is just as much in play for one of these teams, One team will get relegated, and two teams will have to fight for their top flight lives at the end of the year in what's called a relegation playoff, or relegation playout, if you prefer. Your matchup, number 16 in last place, uh, Pardubici taking on number one, Victoria Pielsen. Pielsen won when they played earlier this season. At their place, 2-1, to and Pielsen also have a 4-0-1 record against them in the recent series. In the table, Pielsen, they currently lead number B, Slavia Prague, by 4 points So that's not enough of a gap That they're going to fall asleep Even at home against anybody Even if they're the last place team Meanwhile, uh, uh, Beachy, They trail number 15 Zleen By 3 in the table That's uh, what it would take Just for them to get into A relegation playout match We'll talk about Beachy first uh, City of the same name About 90,000 people In the north central part of the country Now some sporting fans May be very familiar with this place But not for the football. It's known for a couple different things. Cross-country steeplechase. There's a big event there called the Great Steeplechase annually that is very famous in that field. And a motorcycle race called the Golden Helmet, equally famous. This is also an industrial center, by the way, in the country. Uh, Oil refining, uh, electronic production, chemical and mechanical engineering. Got a lot of educated folks here. The club is a fairly young one, at least in its current form. They were founded in 2008. It's a merger of two other clubs. Uh, I mentioned the electronics. Well, they used to be called, uh, one of the clubs was Tesla Partibici, not a coincidence, and they merged with Loco Partibici back in the uh, late 2000s. 2020 was the first time that the merge team got to play in Division I. And by the way, they've got a really cool crust with a leaping horse. It's one of my more favorites that I've seen in recent weeks. Last year, they finished in 11th place, so they have slid a fair bit down. They've got the worst offense in the league going. Uh, they're the only team that's not even managing a goal per match. Worst defense giving up a whopping two and a half goals per match. Woof. And that is good for the worst overall uh, goal differential in the league uh, by better than two times. Uh, the least bad player that they have going is uh, Michael Hlavati, attacking midfielder from there in the Czech Republic. He's got three goals for them. He played for Peels earlier in his career. Will what he's able to tell them about him be enough to maybe pull an upset this day. Probably not, but we're looking for light anywhere we can find it. That's one of the fun things about the route of the week. Where can we find a glimmer of hope that the bottom team could pull an upset team's current form one oh and three in their last four. (laughs) Not much light here. They haven't kept a clean sheet all season long. I've never seen the likes of it. And now Pilsen Uh, That is not only the name of the club But the city out of which they play It's about an hour west of Prague uh, The west central part of the country Well over 150,000 people Uh, (laughs) Murica Not only manufacturing electronics Which is here nor there But they're known for their beer And they used to be known for arms production That sounds like America to me, beer and whatever kind of weaponry they were making. Yikes. Uh, This was a yo-yo team uh, from the early 90s all the way up till 2005, but now they are firmly entrenched in the top flight. In fact, they've won the league title six different times, uh, all between uh, from 2010 and 11 till now, and they are your defending champions. Uh, They finished last in this year's Champions League group stage, but then they made the round of 16 in the Europa League uh, three times in the 2010s. As far as their stats this year in the league, they've got the second-best offense going, scoring better than two goals per match and only giving up a little bit over half a goal per match on average, and that's the number one defense by a lot. Only good for the second-best goal differential in the league, surprisingly. Tied for second best in league scoring in the league with nine on the year is Tomasz Kury, forward. I'll bet he played some goalkeeper in his youth unless he had a very late growth spread. The dude is six foot six. Wow. Normally you don't see goalkeepers or well, normally you don't see anybody in the soccer field quite that tall goalkeepers or in this case uh, an attacking position. They do have the number one goalkeeper in the league with seven clean sheets in Yandrik, or excuse me, his name is pronounced Yendri Stanek. I want to make sure I get that right since I went to the trouble of looking it up. Everton in the Premier League in England actually had the rights to him for a couple of years, but they loaned him out to a club called Hyde United, which I think is in the seventh or eighth level. Team's current form they are 1 0 2 in their last three. Could you be. The most meaningless match in the world. Yes, you could. could. You're so boring. <laughs> yeah. We will serenade them with song, and we will celebrate two teams that are pretty much smack dab in the middle of their table. Or at the very least, they are equidistant uh, from the glory that would be an international berth that they would earn from finishing near the top of their table. Or from the relegation zone, getting kicked out of their league, never to be heard from again. Oh, no, not for these two teams out of North Macedonia on Sunday. They are being featured in your most meaningless match in the world. By the way, the first league in North Macedonia is ranked just number 53 out of, I believe, the 55 uh, league associations in Europe. They're just over halfway through their season in this league, as you would imagine. They only get the bare minimum when it comes to European berths. Two teams will get relegated. Two teams will have to play in a relegation playoff match, and there's a pretty darn good chance that neither of these two teams have to work up a sweat about either of them. We're talking about number seven, Macedonia GP. They're playing host to number six, FK Bregalnica Shtip. Now, uh, Shtip, as I'm just going to refer to them from here on out, they lead Macedonia GP by three in the table. Macedonia, they lead number nine, Academy Pandev by three. That would mark the uh, first of those Teams or slots in the table that I would have to play in a relegation play out at the end of the year. And number 11, FK Skopje by 10. That's uh, the team that's in the actual relegation spot. Meanwhile, Shtip they trail uh, Skendia by 5 in the table. That's the number 3 team, the lowest one that would get a uh, Europa Conference League berth. And number 1, FK Struga by 11. Series so between these two, Macedonia. They've got a little bit of a lead of late with a five, <clears throat> excuse me, five three and three record. But when they played in Steep earlier this year, it was Steep that won one to nil. Macedonia. Oh, we weren't going to get out with one more team of lions, were we? Uh, that's all right because they've got a pretty cool uh, background here. Otherwise, the GP that follows that name, Macedonia, stands for Gorse Petrov, a very famous revolutionary leader from their country. Uh, The club name was changed to be an homage to him back in the 1989-90 season. And by the way, Gorshe Petrov is now also uh, a district or township that is part of the capital city of Skopje. It's got about 40,000 people there. It's right on the border with Kosovo, if you know where that is on the map. Kosovo is just to the north. Two league titles they won. Last one was 2008-2009. They also won the FA Cup last year, and that's one of two different times they've won it. They got kicked out of the league in 2009-2010. I didn't quite catch why. Probably financial reasons. That usually seems to be the case. If it's some kind of uh, gambling-related cheating, usually that's a little easier for me to spot. They had to start all the way back in the third division. It took them, uh, I think, four years to get back. They came up for good again 2018-2019. And they got to play in the Europa Conference League this year. They lost in the second qualifying round where they entered. They've also got one Champions League and one Europa League appearance in their history, but they've never won a match. Last year, they finished in fourth place. This year, uh, offense is a little below average. Defense is a little bit above average. Goal differential is almost dead even. Their record is is dead even. Four, four, and four. Just perfect for the meaninglessness. On the assist leaderboard, their least meaningless player, with three of those on the season, is Brazilian Matheus Lemos. Team's current form, 2-1-0 oh, in their last three. And now Steep. That is a city in the east-central part of the country, more like a very, very big town. 45,000 people. And it is the textile and ooh, fashion capital of the country. I've never known that North Macedonia was particularly famous for fashion, maybe or not, but this area is within the country. And it's, you know, in southeastern Europe, you know, a little bit more of that Mediterranean-influenced culture. So, yeah, there you go. Maybe Google it up sometime, see what the fashion looks like there. As for the other part of their game, uh, their name, rather, Bregalnica, that is one of the two rivers that passes through the city. This is a yo-yo team, another one that bounces back and forth. They were in the second division as recently as two years ago. They've won the league title four times, but uh, basically not since the advent of Adana in 1984. They had much more of an international roster going for quite a while. So this is a team that's clearly uh, tried to find the best players that they can instead of just sticking with the country's small population. Right now, it doesn't seem to be working out. Last year, they finished in seventh place, so they are right where they belong once again. They've got almost identical stats to their opponents today and, in fact, have the exact same goal differential. On the scoring leaderboard for them with three on the season is Aleksandar Ristevski, And then tied for second best in assists, you've got a gentleman named Darko Dodev, who has five of them. Team's current form, 2-1-0 oh in their last three. And now we come to the true end of our podcast road where we don't ever end with happiness or joy, but rather with wailing and gnashing of teeth and two incredibly putrid teams. Welcome to the fresh hell that is the match of
2: Disappoint!
0: And this is a Wednesday match, a little something to tide you over in the midweek, although I think it will taste bitter when it goes down to your gullet or something like that. I don't know. It's from the Premier League in Tanzania, which is the 11th ranked team, not team, but rather league in Africa, which is important there because the top 12 teams all get to send two teams to the Champions League. Everybody else sends just one. The runner-up will be at a little bit of a disadvantage at the end of the year as they will have to uh, enter the Champions League at the qualifying round instead of in the group stage. By the way, they also get two Confederation Cup entrants, which is a little bit unusual. They must be expanding that. Uh, Normally, I only see one even out of the top leagues. That's their secondary tournament, by the way, Africa's Europa League. On the other end of the table, which is far more relevant here, four of the 18 Teams are going to be relegated in the ESR, two of your awful candidates. They're about halfway through the season here, so they've got time to save themselves if they choose to exert the necessary will and force. I don't think they will. Nay, number 17, Cowboy Warriors, inaptly named, versus number 18, BuildCon, which sounds like a Minecraft knockoff. Cowboy Warriors, they lead BuildCon by seven in the table and trail number 14 and Kana by just So BuildCon, they looked pretty well cooked Cobway warriors have a little bit of a chance of redemption Who knows, maybe this is the day that begins By the way, Cobway, that's the name of the town And it means ore or smelting Or probably place of both of those Unfortunately, this place has been in the news lately For a uh, much worse reason This year, uh, the UN Special Rapporteur on Human Rights Named this city something called, and I'd never heard of this A Sacrifice Zone Sounds very brutal, and it is, but not in a war kind of way. Uh, This is basically a really, really bad environmental area, and it looks like it's going to be that way indefinitely. That's how you get called the Sacrifice Zone. It's because of all the zinc and lead poisoning from all the mining that's gone on. It is known for a couple of other things. This is considered the birthplace of national politics in the country because it was sort of made a center for that way back in colonial times. In addition to the mining, uh, this is also a big railway and transportation hub and a big agricultural hub. So hopefully they can get some of the people out of the worst parts of, of Cobway and just have the food travel through. It's in the south-central part of the country, by the way, about 200,000 people. Interesting nickname. They are known as the Railmen, hence uh, one of the things that I mentioned from their economy. They are also known as the Magnificent. Like Warriors, a bit of a misnomer. Will we forgive them? Absolutely not. Uh, Believe it or not, this is the second most successful all-time team historically, and yet they haven't won a title since 1987. Uh, They've won five all-time. Uh, they've even made the Champions League quarterfinal twice, but you got to go back to the 70s to find those appearances. Last year, you would have been more likely to find them in the match of uh, the most meaningless match in the world, getting us to sing our knockoff Prince song for them as they finished in eighth place. This year, only one win, but they have managed six draws. That's why they've still got a chance to pull themselves out of the drop zone. They beyond play small ball. This is the most boring team I have ever heard of in the top flight league of my life. Four goals scored, seven against. That's one of the best defenses technically in the league. But basically, I, I gather they're not even trying to push the ball past the halfway point hardly. I bet their four goals are all like chip shots. The other team's goalies playing way forward. Sad. Team's current form, oh, one one 3 in their last four. And they are scoreless in their last six matches. Not surprising. And now BuildCon, they play in the other side of the country up north in the city of Endola. It's the third largest one in the country, a little bit less than a half million people there. It's a capital of what's called the Copper Belt, both in this country and kind of in the surrounding countries' regions. The mining has taken a bit of a hit lately as far as the economy goes, but it's still the most important field there. And there's a lot of auto manufacturing that helps buoy it up a little bit as well. Like they make Land Rovers there. Probably they're not the one that you might be driving or that I hope to maybe be driving someday when I don't care about the environment and make lots of money on this podcast. So in other words, I never have Land Rover. Anyway, uh, the club is a young one founded in 2012. They finished in 10th place last year. This year they have yet to notch their first win. And why would they have one? They've got one of the worst offenses. They've only scored six times and they've got the worst defense giving up over two goals per match. That's the worst goal differential overall by over a factor of two. Team's current form, uh, two matches ago, they actually got a draw against a very average team in the league, number 10, NAPSA Stars. You know, I could ask the management to put in a uh, sound effect for a cheer here, but you know what? That's not how we end the show here. And in fact, rather than even bothering to wish them good luck, we are going to end things by showing them away in our traditional heckling fashion. It was bad. It was awful. I was dead. Them away. Hey, boo. boo. And that'll be a wrap on episode 109 of Soccer Noob Rock in America featuring Person Noob. For those of you wondering, by the way, they have just been getting torrential rain on and off on the Isle of Sodor for weeks. I'm the sole international uh, journal over there. Hop back and forth. Cross the pond a fair bit uh, For the second coming of their Once again new league Would be the best way to put it As the weather improves hopefully we will be able to jump back Into some matches there As far as this episode goes Or whence I would like very much to thank My daughter dearest person new Thank you so much for everything you contribute to the show to the management for all of his editing and production wizardry, to Dan, the website former internal inferno, who still gives us his inspiration and creative efforts to the show and to you. Thank you so much for finding us, checking us out. We really endeavor to try to make something unique, both in the way that we present it and in the matches that we're covering. Hope you've had a lot of fun, done a lot of learning, and that you will pass us on perhaps to your football minded friends until we can do it again in a few days. Have yourself a fabulous footy week, please. Take care.